Hey, welcome back to the Manana Nomas podcast, everybody. Today, uh, I'm over the moon. I was just introduced to a gentleman named Jamie J. We had a discovery meeting. We, we got together, we chatted, and I thought that I de definitely have to share this individual with our audience. Let me tell you a little bit about Jamie J. Uh, he's a man who wears many hats, uh, and he wears them all admirably. He's a master connector, an entrepreneur extraordinaire. He's a published author who knows how to get things done. Uh, but before he's found his way into the business world, Jamie served his country as a brave paratrooper in the United States Army. Jamie, thank you for your service, sir. Um, it's just the beginning. He's got a lot of accomplishments. Uh, he is the founder of the renowned Bottleneck Distant Assistant Services. Uh, you know, with the Manana Nomas podcast, we have covered other people with remote and assistant services. So we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, he's got a book, Quit Repeating Yourself. Uh, it's become the must read for entrepreneurs everywhere. And he's not only busy uh, building his empire, but you can find him on his beloved Harley Davidson, uh, cruising through the countryside and taking uh, taking the invigorating effects of some word I can't pronounce. Uch it's Bayern. a Dutch practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Dutch practice that involves facing the wind to boost your health and uh, relieve stress. I think of that as being like standing in Albuquerque on a windy day and sucking in all that sand that's getting blown in your face. All right, that, that's my memory of Albuquerque. So you know how much I, I like moving away from there. Um, as if that wasn't impressive enough, Jamie is known for his fearless spirit. Jumping out of planes is just one of his audacious feats he's tackled over the years. Jamie J is the embodiment of hard work, passion, determination, and he's ready to share his expertise with the world. And with that, Jamie, I just want to open it up and say, man, uh, with an intro like that, tell me a little bit something that I didn't already say. Oh my gosh. Well, I... Uh... I am in love with my amazing and beautiful wife, and uh, a good one. We, we have our uh, amazing pup here, uh, all-American breed, which means he's a Hind 57s. Uh, uh, just love him, and I call him Kita. He's just an awesome, awesome dude, and my daughter graduates from the U.S. Army basic training on July 20th, so. Well, thank you for excited. her service, too. Amazing. <laughs> Dude, that is phenomenal. There's um, a couple of things that I came away with with our first meeting as we were introduced. And of course, I'm recording a podcast and the neighbor fires up a weed whacker outside. But um, I'll try <laughs> well, to get over that. I'll try, I'll try to get over that. Um, dude, your energy, your approach, your positivity, the, the you know, um, I was growing my beard out earlier and I realized it just made me look fatter and fatter and fatter. And I thought people were going to ask me to be Santa Claus because I got the gray coming in. And then I meet you and you got the smile, the glisten in your eye, you know, the bright rosy cheeks and the beard. Um, you just got to put on, yeah, I don't know, 140 pounds and be Santa Claus this year. Um, you know, talk to me know, about we where we, 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 for Christmas, I hop on the Harley and, uh, I dress up as Santa Claus and my wife dresses up as an elf and we go around and deliver presents. <laughs> All right. So see, I, I called that out right there. I can't even believe it. Um, and that was not a setup folks. I just, I just came into that one. Um, dude. And, and be square, like keep in mind who's listening, right? So our listeners are entrepreneurs, they're startups, they're bootstraps. Uh, some of them are prospective authors, speakers, coaches, right? We have a big audience for that. Um, if you take a look at like my own website purport, uh, portfolio, I've got, you know, books and courses and things like that. So where, 
where can you inspire people or tell people where this attitude of yours comes from, this positivity, this kind of like embracing of life? Uh, absolutely, 100% unequivocally. Uh, it comes from my ma, uh, 100%. My ma was pretty freaking amazing. And uh, she uh, she was always always had a smile on her face. Um, she She was amazing. She put me and my brother first for everything so you know we had an incredible upbringing with her and i think that's you know she was always laughing always joking and uh yeah i love her love her with all my all my heart that that is such a such an admirable thing i mean that's such a i mean think about that how many people on a percentage basis can look back on their childhood, their upbringing, their major influence of life, however you want to phrase that, and say, well, there was just such overwhelming positivity, you know, by by the head of my home, right? And I say head of the home, dad might have been there, he might have been at the job or whatever. But I mean, you spent time with somebody that had that influence over you that that kind of instilled that positivity. What an advantage in life. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was awesome. Yep. She was amazing. Um, she's the one that got me into, uh, riding and racing motorcycles and, um, yeah. both me and my brother, uh, she was in 1962, she won the California state championships and she was a national champion for the, the first female rider to legally get an AMA license to race against men. Um, uh, so she's, she's pretty amazing, uh, in her own right. God bless her. I, I, I miss her so much. She's been gone for, a little over three years now and and uh it's life is a big void without her there but thankfully i surround myself with some pretty amazing people like my wife <laughs> yeah yeah and so let's let's do that let's jump into the thing that wasn't in your intro but the thing that you and i both have in common um you know i grew up around motorcycles and ended up started i, I road raced motorcycles for almost 20 years Amazing. um you were in a, a different genre but you were still racing, right? So you, so we both yeah. race motorcycles. Talk to me about what kind of influence did motorcycle racing add to your sense of tenacity, drive, follow through, goal setting, things like that. Like, like how many things in your daily life now do you go, oh, that's kind of like when I would, well, you know, it kind of yeah. helps you blend yeah. together, right? Yeah. Well, I and I think you would know this too, because by definition, racing, um, it just man talk about adrenaline but there's also some things where you there's a certain line that you you tend to cross every now and then and you have to cross in order to get a little bit better but it's super uncomfortable or super scary like uh yeah. for me um there was a big set of double jumps at the winter nationals in in gainesville florida i didn't do them all practice first lap i just penned it they were it was about 64 foot doubles but they were right after a turn on an uphill um and i landed it and i felt so good um and but I, it, it was scary and yeah. it was just one of those things where i just thought to myself commit and go for it the second lap i was getting ready to do the doubles again but i didn't commit fully and i just let off at the last minute well i ended up casing it flipped over broke my collarbone and that's 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 the, that's that line right there, right? So if I'm going to be an entrepreneur and create a business and go after that, I've got to be prepared to be uncomfortable and to do something scary and to 
maybe go speak in front of people. And I, I, I can't stand that, but those little things there, you can kind of chip away. And, and if I look back on it and I'm like, Holy cow, I did that. You know, that was something that I did. Um, I didn't want to do it. I was scared to do it, but I went ahead and did it. And you know what? I didn't finish that race. I was in first. I didn't finish that race. Uh, but I tell you, I felt so proud. I felt so proud of myself for attempting it, even though I failed. Um, it felt good. Like, ah, it's just, I can't explain it. It was such a good feeling. It's one of the things that's really difficult to explain to people that don't get involved in those things. Um, you're right. The best memories do seem to stem from the failures. They, the best memories seem to stem from the learning points rather than the accolades and the trophies. Um, I can yep. remember Jamie James, who is a famous road racer, and I am not a famous road racer. If you look me up, all you're going to see is footage of me getting passed by the leaders, right? So <laughs> I, I'm not famous. Um, I was at Pocono. I was racing a 750. Jamie James went by, you know, and this is back when Pocono still had a chicane. And um, and I thought, well, I'll just follow Jamie. You know, I'll learn from the best, right? So I'm following Jamie and I'm tucked in behind him. And I'm thinking the whole time, you know, I'm like, I can't believe I'm keeping up with Jamie James. I can't believe I'm keeping up with Jamie James. And and, and then my brake marker went by where I usually put on the brakes. And I was like, I can't believe I'm, I'm keeping up with Jamie James. Another brake marker goes by and I'm like, something doesn't feel right. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you are drafting somebody, you don't have the same field of vision because what you see is their back. You don't yep. see the panorama that is in front of you. And all of a sudden, Jamie just like popped up and turned like instantly just went like turned. And when he left my field of vision, all I saw was hay bales and a turn I was not going to make. Oh my gosh. So I just went right through the hay bales and I slowed down and I waved at the corner workers. And I thought, well, if that's on TV, I look like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I kept on going, but that was, 30 years ago, you know, yeah. and that's still, still a, a memory where it's like, if you're going to commit to learn from the best, you're going to follow them. You're going to take a risk, you know, and it's a mitigated risk. You're on a closed course. There's hay bales. There's, you know, now they got air fence cause they're fancy, but um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's the missed opportunity and the failure that brings the learning. And so if we were to jump now into say a discussion about bottleneck, how do you think your successes with bottleneck or your obstacles in growing bottleneck have kind of been enhanced by a your mother's positivity and b your sense of drive from the racing background? Yeah, I think I think it's um, but the the reason I first got into bottleneck I think is what a lot of entrepreneurs do they get in to make money and yeah. um, and for me now looking back on that i understand why i wanted to do that but um little did i know there's not a lot of emotion um or motivation that comes along with just simply making money uh, you can make money and you can do fine and do good but for me there was really no substance and it wasn't until I had a conversation with a, a client who who's a friend of mine at, that, uh, you know, called me on a Saturday when I told him not to, uh, you know, take the weekends off. This was in June and he still hadn't taken a weekend off, but he hired an assistant from us 
and called me about three months later and said, Hey, I, you know, I said, what are you doing? Call me on Saturday. He said, I just, I'm not working. I just wanted to call and let you know that I'm sitting here on the porch with my wife and my kid and I'm enjoying the day. And I said, Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? He goes, I think we're going to go to dinner and see a movie tonight. And then the phone rustled away and his wife said, thanks for giving me my husband back. Now the reason, um, and you know, we're bearded up, you know, tough guys. And, you know, I started getting a little emotional there and I was like, Holy cow, what we're doing is actually affecting someone else's life for the better. And that's where I came up with the ripple effect and, you know, take care of yourself first, your own backyard, then regionally, then nationally, then globally, you know, and, and look at that positive effect it has on others. Um, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. And I think that's my driver now is, as some people might say, oh, that sounds cheesy or whatever, but, and yeah, right. You do want to make money. Yeah, of course we want to make money. We have to make money. we got to make a living. But if I can, if I can earn an income um, with, with my wife and, and build a, a life together and also enhancing every other person that we come in contact with lives, both personal and professional. And by the way, I don't say work-life balance. I say life balance. If we can do that, what, what the heck, what's wrong with that? It feels so good. And if something like that feels so good and others are receiving the benefits of it, it just, now that's a driver, that's a motivator. And it's almost like it's, it's, I, I mean, and I, you probably can understand this being a racer. It gets addictive. Like, yeah, you know, you, if you miss a weekend, you're like, wait, I missed it. Something's wrong. If you get injured, you're like, I can't ride. I can't ride. Like I rode every day, every day. And then the racing would come in that excitement sitting on the starting line. <laughs> as soon as you take off, you're like, okay, this is good, man. This is fun. Right. That's how I feel. If I can affect another person's livelihood in a positive way and their, their family life improves, they get to spend, you know, they're not missing soccer games with, you know, little Susie or little Johnny. And, and it's just, I mean, that's what it's all about. We don't, we don't have that long hair. Take advantage of your life the best that you can do and create a business that is a vehicle that takes you where you really want to go to find that happiness. And yeah, make some money along the way. But if you're, if you, if you can really find a way, a vehicle that can drive you or take you and those who you care about most and affect other people in a positive way. I think that's what it's all about. So that that's my driver. So I think about what bottleneck would, would offer, what bottleneck would come to the party with. And I have a life experience that matches almost exactly what you just said. Um, I had an older friend, had a company. I won't give out details because I don't want to put somebody on blast. Um, mm -hmm. But the business owned them. They didn't own the, like they owned the business and it was financially paid for. Nothing was financed. All the inventory was paid for. The building was paid for. Um, they were a little bit older and they confessed to me one day. They said, I'm really dealing with some depression issues and I can't sleep and the business is driving me crazy and I'm not really seeing the profitability out of it. I'm working six days a week. I always told myself if I had enough money in the bank, I would just leave. And I was like, what do you mean just leave? And he said, I think I'm just going to stick the key in the door and walk away, just shut it down. So here's a thriving business, right? That maybe the owner doesn't recognize as thriving yet, right? Because the business 
is oppressing them, right? So you start the business with the best of intentions, but it spins back on you, right? Mm -hmm. And so he goes, I'm thinking about just shutting the whole thing down. This was five years ago. And um, I said, dude, before you do that, I consult with businesses. Let me come out and just spend a couple of days and take a look at what I see. And so I evaluated staff. I evaluated processes. I evaluated, you know, who, who was the length of service, tenure, all those things. And then I gave him like a 10-page proposal. And I said, if you follow this proposal within six months, you'll have a business that's doing more money, like some more revenue. You're going to promote this guy to manager slash possible CEO. And you're going to come in half a day on Friday. He's going to give you a one-page financial summary. You're going to go to brunch and talk about business with that person. And then you're going to go home and spend the rest of the weekend with your wife. Dude, a year later, because he didn't follow all 10 pages. <laughs> <laughs> a year later, he's doing Tuesday meetings with the accountant for breakfast. He's doing Friday meetings with the manager in the one-page financial summary. And he's letting the manager run the business. And he's having check-in meetings. But he is going hiking in the morning with a friend. He's walking with his dogs. He's going on motorcycle rides with his wife. He's going on trips to Northern California, to Utah, to Arizona. They're buying property in other states. And his life is completely different. Mm. And when I think about what your enterprise can do for folks, maybe it's not maybe it's not that type of business, maybe it's a different business, but there's so many entrepreneurs, solopreneurs and business owners that the business owns them. And they need to realize that, no, they own the business. If if they could hire someone from you that can do the same job 80% as good as they can, yep. they should delegate that and then free themselves up for networking and calls and sales and growing the business. And the more they grow, the more they can delegate and it becomes an exponential growth to where they build an enterprise, they can become a remote owner after. It's not instant. Nope. No, but it's not. And you know what? Depression is a silent killer. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we're men. I can't speak for women's, how 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 they feel, but I can speak for me, I guess, and, and not even other men. But for, for me... I'm not the type that's going to say, Hey, Kurt, man, I'm, I think I'm really depressed. You know, I'm, oh. it's just not how I've been I, now. I'm trying to be better at, you know, sharing and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm a dude, <laughs> you know, like I, we just don't do that. Or, or at least I don't. And, and, and my circle of, of friends, we, we don't really do that. And, and that's really tough to be alone like that, especially um, as an entrepreneur. And what you did for that person is got it. I mean, it gives me goosebumps, man. I like I, that is so cool that they would bring you into that organization and, and allow you to support them and guide them so that they could live a better life. I think that's fantastic. And this is where I think a lot of people set themselves up to failure because I've never seen a business plan fail on paper. No, they look great on paper. Fail, right? And the reason why, in my opinion, is because they, they start out their company wrong. In the beginning, you're really excited about this baby, this thing that you're birthing because you're passionate about it. And you really die, put your heart and soul into this stuff. And I know a lot of people can, can relate to that with how that energy it feels to create something and, and, and be that entrepreneur, be your own boss and, and 
And the, the challenge, though, is that when you're doing that, things are going around like a whirlwind and you're doing everything. What you're not doing is paying attention to where you're going to be in three to five years or seven years. And if you don't take the time to get what's in your brain out, two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to get totally stressed out because it's just jam-packed with crap. And or Or the other thing is you're going to hire people and you're going to find that they're not going to work out for you because they don't know what they're doing. How do you not know that? Well, they can have the biggest degree. They can have the most experience in the world. But if they don't understand what you think and what's in your mind, they're never really going to be worked out for you. And what that does is now it doesn't give you the confidence to delegate matters to something else because it's not going to get done the right way. Yeah. And by the way, I don't have time to train anybody. Well, if you don't have time to train anybody, you should not be in business anyways. So my the whole solution, and I hate saying that word solution because it's so vague, but the whole the whole answer to this puzzle of burnout or overwhelm or anything like that is to document, do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. I love that saying. Scott Beebe told me that. But basically document everything you do, everything the way you do it. How do you send out an invoice? How do you do all of this stuff. And if you write it down, when you do hire somebody else, they see exactly what it is that you're doing. And now you have the confidence in knowing that they're going to be able to do it exactly the way that you want it to be done. But guess what? Let them work on it for a little bit and they'll find ways to improve it because that's what they're focusing on. You're focusing on, you know, the accounting, the reports or the building the relationships and doing all that high level stuff. It is so much weight lifted on there if you can document those processes. And we have um, we have three three steps in every single task. And this was from a creative web agency that I had. When we had building websites, I was always getting scope creep. Always getting scope creep. Always. So I said, I, there's got to be a better way because I'm losing money. Just, just like you know we were talking about, right? There's The first thing is make sure whatever that task is, name it. It sounds obvious. But name it. Like, what is this? Invoice. Creating invoices. Name it. Okay, good. Creating invoices. Second thing is, when you document something, whoever it is that you're going to be delegating that to, make sure that they confirm the steps and go through every single step in a Zoom or and record it, right? Make sure they do. And that way, you can find out if they misinterpreted or misheard something, so you're not worried about that mistake catching up with you three, six, nine, 12 months down the road. Yeah. And the third thing, this is the big kicker. This is what everybody misses, the signal. Well, what's the signal? At what point is that task done? Like Kurt, at what point is that task done in Kurt's mind, right? That's when that task is done. And that's the signal for my creative web agency. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they kept asking for one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Oh, can do one more page or add one more. And I'm like, okay, this is it. So I said in the beginning, I said, you know what? We're going to create a deployment kit. And I would tell them during the consultation. And what this is going to be, it's going to be a brand guidelines of sorts. It's going to use all the color codes we've used. It's going to say how to log in. I want you to have full control over this thing. Here's the fonts we use, the sizes and all that kind of stuff. But once you receive that deployment kit, 
This project is complete. If you need anything else, it's an additional line item and additional cost. Are you okay with that? We never had a scope creep instance again. Yep. And it's it's things like that, that we've learned and we've broken that down to every single task now. And we just see it's so much, entrepreneurs are creators, they're visionaries, but they need time to create and, and, and visualize what they want. And that may not seem like work, but that's what we enjoy. We enjoy thinking, okay, just take some time to think. Our word of the year was focus uh, a couple of years back, finding opportunities by creating uninterrupted strategy sessions. And that's basically just take your own time to think. And that's what entrepreneurs need. Yeah, I got... Dan Martell has the SAS Academy and I got signed up for a SAS Academy and they sent me, they sent me an amazing box full of swag. I was like, I wasn't expecting this. Right. So I got this big box and in that box was a journal. And I was like, I don't journal. That's for sissies. You know, that's what I said. <laughs> I said it to myself. All right. I didn't say, I didn't make a blog post about it, but, but I, I, said, I said, you know, I ain't going to journal. That's for sissies. And then I thought to myself, oh, well, this journal looks kind of cool. It asks, you know, what are the three things you're thankful for? What are your three goals for the day? And it looks like you start out in the morning with something short and you start out and you finish in the evening with something short. And I thought, well, this sure looks stupid, but there's got to be a reason why I put it in the box. So I started doing it. Dude, 40 days later, I was hooked on journaling and I have uh, stacks of them. I got stacks of journals and I started getting frustrated because you would forget where you had written something or something like that. Yeah. So then I ordered one of these remarkable tablets and uh, I have it set up with a digital journal in it. So, oh, cool. So I put in a, a fillable PDF planner journal. It's 1300 pages. It's branded to go with the book I wrote and uh, I give it away to people for free because now I'm such a convert on the journaling. That's that quiet moment, that moment to plan, you know, read a piece of scripture, think about what God has to say that day. How's like, you know, what's my action plan to put that word to use today? How am I going to add value to someone else today? You know, why am I thankful that my wife and I have been married for 22 years and we still live in the same house? Simple things. Like a lot of people don't take time every day to think like that. And that changes your perspective on when you decide to extend grace or mercy to someone throughout the day that mistreats you or steps sideways, right? Because, because my male person, my, my male energy wants to squash anybody that disrespects me or my family, right? And so in business, we have to figure out how do we suppress that? And for me, that's that tool. And that keeps me in that life balance that you talked about. That's friend. I love that. I think that's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, journaling is so powerful, and it's something that uh, it's something that I've lacked consistency on. I remember jumping out of an airplane um, in the in in the eighty second, and I caught my cargo pant uh, pocket on the door going out, and it ripped open, and I lost my journal. I had the little military journal, you know, and somebody found some interesting stuff because I think I talked some crap about top our first sergeant and stuff like that in there, but. Um, but yeah, it was, you might it was, be a whistleblower and not even know it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, it, but I, you know, I still have, and I had a whole bunch of those books, you know, and I could still look back on it and I go back today and I'm like, oh man, I don't even remember doing that. Like I've, you know, 
it was it's so crazy because not only does it give you the clarity but you can also go back and remember stuff on that that could be relevant for you today um i just think it's powerful and you're right it's a it's 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 deep thinking you know it's um brain dumping if we're not careful and this is just me talking out loud uh, maybe i'm talking to myself more than i'm talking to the audience here if if we're not careful we allow life to kind of roll over us right and we mm -hmm. we get into that survival mode when we weren't created for scarcity thinking we were created for abundance thinking we weren't we weren't created for survival mode you know we were created to be problem solvers right and figure ways out of things there's a reason why we're the species that creates tools and computers and cars and there's a reason why out of all the creatures on the planet we're the ones that figure out these things and so we have to give ourselves space to do that so let's jump back into because we're going crazy i want to try and <laughs> wheel this back in if we talk more about bottleneck again mm -hmm. and you think about prospective clients, customers, people that would come to you and look for assistance. Who's your perfect client, man? Like, cause we just talked about how nobody has processes. Nobody has, you know, so how do you work with people when they come to you? Yeah. So it's a bit of a struggle. We're a small boutique, um, agency, uh, specializing in remote. We call them, we're the world's first dedicated distant assistant company. Um, I appreciate this question, but I, I, I want to explain this really fast because this will help sure. people understand um, that our our client agencies mainly, but I mean, we work with a bunch of different industries. It's just hard to market to everybody, right? You can't do that sure. to everything, but the there's a there's a subtle nuance between things working and not working. Uh, the Chiefs won that Super Bowl. What was the difference? Like they barely won, you know, or in, in a race, you could win by 0 0.032 seconds, right? Like it's it's tight, but what's that difference? What's that little difference right there? Well, the difference is um, bringing somebody on board who understands and aligns with, that's important, your core values, your beliefs, your vision, your mission, uh, your provocative point of view. Um, and if you can find somebody in that space uh, by design, it will enhance the hiring. Uh, in the United States, it costs $4,129 to hire somebody. Do you have any idea how much it costs to fire somebody? At least three times that. Nine months salary it's expensive to hire somebody, even if you hire somebody remotely, that is 60% less than a traditional person here in the US that would show up physically to your office, right? These are all remote-based assistants. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you could hire a full-time executive assistant working for you for 40 hours a week. It's gonna cost you $26,800 a year. That's un That's great. I think of it as the investment though. What is the investment like? Well, you better invest a lot of time. A lot of people think when you hire somebody because everything's going crazy, as soon as you hire them, oh my gosh, finally things are going to get done. Well, it actually gets more challenging for the next 60 to 90 days while you're teaching and you're sharing and you're learning and getting to know one another. There's, there's a learning curve there. 
But the reason that you have the processes in place and the workflows is to reduce that learning curve and then give them, give you the confidence to delegate that stuff. Our target is somebody, our target ideal avatar is somebody that understands this and somebody that's willing to put in that extra work. Take your friend ex uh, by example. He was ready to close up shop. You stepped in and showed him a way to get around this. He was willing to do that. Imagine if he had his processes in place already. Well, I i mean, there was a plumber. I talked to a, a friend of mine. Her father was a plumber and he started out a business. Um, he, he ended up getting cancer, um, but he was doing two, two million plus a year. He didn't have any systems. He just shut it down. He didn't gift it to his family. He didn't do any of that. He didn't know. And so his daughter got, that's why she's into systems and processes because she doesn't want to see other people do that. And it's the same thing here. If we can find an audience of people that are like-minded like that, it's not even bottleneck. Leverage whatever resource you want to. Yeah. But if you are the type of person that can take the time to step back and work in your business so that eventually you can work on it, those are the type of people that people are not afraid of rolling up their sleeves, right? Um, it takes a lot of work, but do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. Do it one more time and you're done with all the stuff that drains you of energy. Yeah, I I made a realization that when I thought I was an agency, I was really a freelancer, right? I mean, if we're just being honest. And then I said, okay, well, I got to change this from freelancer to agency, I got to figure out how I'm going to build a team, how I'm going to use contractors, how I'm going to, you know, make this thing work. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I have more than 400 passwords to different user accounts and softwares and all these things. If I get hit by a bus, how is my family going to take over on this? How are they going to answer the calls? How are they going to deal with the, you know, letters from attorneys that show up for websites that can't be accessed anymore? Like I started, I had a real panic moment and I thought I got to organize that. That's like one of the first things, you know? And then I thought, well, I want to bring some people in so that I can delegate my repetitive tasks and make myself available for more networking and sales and, and that and public talks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, I already make e-learning sites, so I'm going to make an online course, put it in the back of my site, and anyone I hire is going to be, here's how we start a hosting account. Here's how we put WordPress in that. Here's here's the tech stack that we put in. And everything's a screen share video that's like, this is exactly how this is done. Boom, 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 boom. And to your point, if I hire someone that's smarter than me, which should be my goal anyway, absolutely, right? <laughs> and they got a better way to do it, great. Bring it to me, show me that it works, and then you make the next tutorial and replace my lesson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, update yeah. the process, I, I man. I started off with all of our processes. I don't do them anymore. The other people do, right? The team doesn't. Because right. that's their area of focus, zone of genius. So I'm hesitating. You can tell I'm hesitating, but I'm going to say this. I want to value your time. But I want to ask you about leadership because you and I had a conversation about leadership. And I don't know if this is going to go in the direction that I think is going to be really fun to talk about or if we got to schedule a second show. <laughs> but how much of your energy, your time now is spent like consulting and driving towards a leadership channel over a 
you know, admin assistant channel. Like, yeah. like I consider myself a, uh, a web agency, but then I had to realize uh, I was offering a lot of business consulting with the web agency work. In fact, when I looked at what people were actually getting for what they paid for, I'm actually a business consultant that also has a web agency. You know what I mean? It's, yep. I had to reprioritize how that worked and what I was actually selling. Because if you want your website done, you can go to Fiverr and hire some dude for 50 bucks an hour and put that together. No, right? you should always go to Kurt. There you go. You know, <laughs> but most of my projects end up with business consulting. How does your business work? How do you want your customers to, you know, what's the user journey through this? How does that reflect your brick and mortar business? How, you know, and you end up having those conversations and it becomes a leadership talk with business consulting and, and a web product is the baby, you know, that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. How are the, how have things uh, transpired and are there any future events you want to discuss? And if you say, yeah. no, I need a second show, that's okay too. Yeah, I would always love to come back. This is this is fun conversation. I like how it's just dialogue. I, I love that. And, and and not all scripted, you know, oh, here's the fire round or something. And, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the conversation we've had today. That, that said, um, leadership is key. And that's why we do a six-week bottleneck academy because we teach leadership to our, our DAs. And the person that asks the most questions is the person that usually leads that conversation. Um, I absolutely love leadership. I'm fascinated by it. I I, I enjoy um, the challenge that comes along with it. Uh, and for some strange reason, I have a unique way of looking at something and being able to quickly identify a challenge. And and it's it's weird. It's almost like. Uh, it's, it comes very easy. My wife says, Jamie, how did you come up with that? And I go, I don't know. It just came in my head. So I really like leadership. And what I like doing about, what I like about leadership is I like exploring different avenues to learn. Um, I'm a sponge. So I, I'm constantly learning. I'm very inquisitive. And one of the things that we're working, I think I told you about this, but um, we, we have some land out here and, and uh, um, it was one of our dreams. Uh, my wife and I did, you know, eventually one day have land and we, we got it. And so we thought, man, how cool to do to be to, you know, do like a, a leadership Academy and, you know, have people come out digital detox, like come out, you know, kind of rough it, maybe glamping, so to speak, but, you know, like just kind of, it's been, you know, four days, three nights and, um, challenge them. And, you know, I've, I've, I was in the military, I've got a little bit of tactical training in the background and stuff, but I thought that'd be kind of cool if we could do like land navigation and team building and maybe bring some speakers in uh, and and just give people an, I, I, uh, an opportunity to brain dump and also get some exercise and, and, you know, learn how to start a fire without a lighter and just different things. And, take advantage of depending on the time you're maybe we'll go mushroom hunting, you know, and for, for morels or find chicken of the woods or, you know, really cool stuff like that and cook the dinners and maybe we can do some woodworking. And I don't know, it just a different way uh, to kind of expand um, our experience and be with other like-minded leaders. I think that's something that we really want to focus on. And we want to, I mean, we're going to take our time with it. I mean, my wife and I are building a cabin right now and we, we went to YouTube university. Like we don't know what we're doing, but it's, it's fun. And that's a kind of experience that I would love to share with other people given the opportunity. And we've been so blessed that now we have this opportunity. Oh my gosh, we should do this. So we're, we're 
we're considering launching this thing in the spring of 25, uh, 2025. And, and, and you had asked how much time do I split between the, my leadership activity and, and then the bottleneck. I'm so blessed to have an amazing team. They're able to take care of the day-to-day. It's amazing. I still love getting involved because I love yeah. uh, the challenge that's assigned with it. But th- Tuesday through Thursday, that's what I do. I focus on bottleneck. Friday through Monday, I focus on leadership. Um, we're building a community right now. So, I mean, it's 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 an exciting time for us. And I wish that other people can experience something like this because, holy cow, what an amazing, what amazing opportunity um, that my, you know, my wife and I have been given and we can't wait to share it. These themed adventures, you know, like a leadership academy out in the, out in the sticks, they are, they're irreplaceable. They're, you can't, you can't duplicate. You can duplicate the same sensation through another, like Heidi and I, we looked at land in Idaho five years ago and we were like, we're going to do leadership workshops. And I was in fixed operations for power sports. So I was like, I'm going to have service writers and service managers come in and we're going to go through all this stuff. And then we're going to do team building. And we're going to go whitewater rafting for the last day. Like, cause I just thought if you're in Idaho, you got to go whitewater rafting. Yeah. And I thought it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, I know a group in Northern California, they do it with horses. So they bring leaders in and they do horses and then do that communication with horses. Cause you know, horses won't give you the time of day if they think you're a liar on your feet, right? You gotta be genuine yeah. with a horse for a horse to respect you. Yep. And so there's all these things. And and when I heard of your concept and I, like I said, I, I, I gave you the chance to kind of tell me to shut up, but um, <laughs> I'm just in love with the idea. You know, I wanna be your mountain bike tour guide. Oh. Uh, you know, um, it, to me, it's just, it's a no brainer, man. You, you've got the space, you've got the passion, you've got the track record. Um, and you've got a book, right. We didn't even, we didn't even pimp your book yet. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like, you know, this is a really good package. Uh, your attitude is amazing. So I see people coming to you and you playing the host and it just being, yeah, it's a party. Yeah, it's a good time, but there's an end result and there's purpose. And, you know, John Maxwell's famously quoted for saying, you know, a leader sees more than other people do before other people do. And that's exactly what you just described for yourself. Right. And it's, it's being able to problem solve and find a better way and all that stuff, man, you got it. Oh man, Kurt, I'm, I'm so excited about it. And, and thank you for giving me the platform, the opportunity to kind of t- to talk about it. And, you know, ideas are born from conversations and the more conversations I have, it it just reinforces it even that much more. Again, I love bottleneck. Um, I, I absolutely love the team. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and what an incredible vehicle to be riding along in, to take us to what my wife and I like to call our encore life. I mean, do I leave bottleneck? That's, I don't know. Um, but the nice thing is um, we're developing a decision-making mechanism that allows us to make the decisions on which direction we want to move. And that's a blessing like no other. So many people don't understand that. I, I what, what you just said just went over, you know, 63% of the heads. Um it's so important to be able to take control and go, you know, I'm not going to be pushed or swayed by other energies, right? I'm going to, I'm going to forge away. I'm going to make that decision. There might be hurdles, but this is the way we're going. 
Yeah. Oh, there will be hurdles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's hurdles. I'm not saying that's, anything's that's no easy. Doubt. Yeah. There, those, yeah. those turns that you come up on all of a sudden, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> so yeah, dude, I've really enjoyed my time with you. Is there anything that I forgot to mention that we need to say today? No, I, you've been, it, it's been amazing conversation. I love it. I love it. This is amazing. It's uh. I feel, I, I feel really good. And, and thank you so much for having me on. You're absolutely amazing. And I cannot recommend enough. If people are sitting on the fence about getting a website done, you gotta go get your website done. I'm like, Kurt, he's, he's amazing. He'll tell you like it is. And that that's what I like about it too, Kurt, is that you, you just, you're no BS type of person, but you've got a kind heart, um, but you're not going to take any shit. I mean, I'd love that. It's just, you always know where you're going to stand with you. And I, and I can say that only after meeting you a couple of times that uh, you're very trustworthy and that's hard to find uh, these days. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for putting your stuff out there. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to chat with you and get to know you. That's so awesome. Um, listeners are listening to this and they're probably thinking that we're lying, that we're really friends from kindergarten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it ain't true, folks. It ain't true. This, this is this is the magic of networking and being put together by common friends. Uh, you and I, let's just call it out. You know, we met through Giver Marketing with with Timothy Morgan. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, this is the this is the benefit of, of the hard work of networking and following through and having those discovery calls. Even when you think it's not going to go somewhere, it does. Um, I do this all the time and I'm thrilled to meet people like Jamie. Um, let's close this out. Jamie, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, I'm sure people are going to listen to this and say, oh, crap, I need that. Where do they go? Yeah, um, the best place to go is bottleneck.online. Um, you can also go to quitrepeatingyourself.com if you want to learn um, how businesses are are using systems and processes to build their business the right way. That's the book I wrote. Um, and it's just, it's a quick read, but it's, I just answer all the questions that I constantly get asked in there and uh, tell a couple stories too. You'll get to learn a little bit more about my mom and what she meant to me. Um, but yeah, that's bottleneck.online and, and be happy to answer any questions you have. Thank you. That is awesome, folks. That's going to time us out for today. Have a wonderful day. Uh, if you get a chance, hook up with Jamie, connect with him on LinkedIn, buy a stinking book, uh, You know, hire him, do something. But uh, you want to be in touch with Jamie. Thank you.